0: You are listening to Get Your Sexy Back podcast with Kim Coffin, empowerment, sex, love, and relationship coach. My goal is to bring you uncensored healing and pleasurable wellness through sacred sexuality, sex positivity, and empowerment that feels good to your body. So as a collective, we can release shame, reclaim the places we've been most disempowered, reconnect to our body, remember who we are, and step into our unapologetic power basically breaking down the walls of our conditioning and the patriarchy together. My pussy is so excited that you are here. Let's drop into this week's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I have Adrian Irazari back with me today, who is a holistic women's health practitioner. And we're going to dive into all things women, especially the 40-year-old women, give or take, because everybody's a little bit different at this stage. I just asked, well, first, welcome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. We just totally have so many things to talk about that it. I'm ready to jump right in. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we,
0: we set a timer. Cause I know we could talk for like hours. We could just sit here for three hours and go, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> we sync we so quickly, which is so, so fun to find people to share and that, you know, can talk about the same things and can help women around the world with our regular everyday bodies that, you know, most of the health fields per se don't know a ton about. Um, So welcome, welcome, welcome. And yeah, I kind of asked you a question before, which was, what are you noticing the most right now in your practice? What are women struggling with?
1: Oh, so many things. And I always want to stand on a rooftop and go, you don't have to live like this. But I would say that the thing that is really coming up for me the most right now is women who are right around 40 years old, and they are starting to question, am I in perimenopause? Am I going through menopause early? What's going on in my body? I'm feeling a really drastic difference. Um, starting to see psycho-related issues, um, Mm -hmm. meaning things that were like little murmurs and annoying before, now turning into (laughs) full-blown, shining a spotlight on, let's just highlight the fact that this isn't in harmony in your system, shall we? And when that happens, people go, Oh my gosh, am I dying? Like, do I need and unfortunately the default in the Western medical model is oh, you're having issues. We can put you on hormones or we can take your uterus out. Mm, no, no, no. No. And the yeah. thing is, is what we don't realize is there are so many issues with taking our organs out. Yeah. Um, and a lot We're of there people- for a reason. Oh, they're totally there for a reason. And even if they aren't in balance, there is a way to restore balance. And we have millions of women who are coming into this phase of life right now and asking a lot of questions. And there really isn't a lot of material out there for these women. There was even less when my mother went through it. That was one of the things that my mom said to me when she was going through her own transition is she goes, Adrian. If you don't do anything else with your career, please create some resources so that women like me don't feel so alone. Mm, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes.
0: You know. And and just to let people know as well, if they're if they're already listening, they're like menopause, I'm off this podcast. Uh, this starts like in your late 30s and goes all the way up into menopause. So don't
1: stop listening. Stay here. Um Even if you're mid thirties, like 34, this is an applicable conversation for you because we hit a chi change. So women's bodies change in seven year cycles. I talk about it. If you're looking for a little more of an overarching perspective on the whole thing, Um, I do talk about it in the Reproductive Rebel podcast podcast for that overall roadmap, but like kind of honing in on 35, um, we change in seven year cycles. And so 35 is really where we hit this big benchmark in our life, where our energy begins to change our vital chi. And so we're being invited at 35 or a couple of years on either side because it's not like, you know, the clock hits 35 and bing, now bing. you're in the different yeah. transition, right? Yeah. So, but you know, you can see it a couple of years on either side and some of seeing symptoms early has to do with how you've been living your life and the balance mm-hmm. or lack thereof that you have in your life. Mm-hmm. So 35 is probably the biggest one. One of my clients goes, 35 was so rude because she went from you know, being able to multitask, having shorter nights of sleep, and being able to rebound and bounce back from that and carry on the next day with very little detriment to the way that she was moving through the world. And it's like 35 all of a sudden was this abrupt gear change. And I was like, whoa. Um yeah, can't burn the candle like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I have one glass of wine and I feel hung over the next day. Like, what is this? Yeah. And
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it are- started for me 30, 36, 37. I noticed I was having hot flashes 47 now already 10 years in and yeah, we're coming to the close. And I know that, but it's been actually a beautiful journey. And you said, it's the time of everything kind of coming to a head. And and I agree with, the emotional part too. Like if you haven't dealt with, which in my case, I hadn't dealt with some of trauma, some emotional holding patterns with, you know, holding narcissistic mom and sexual assault and betrayal and all of these things, technically sexual abuse, I was 14, right? If you don't Deal with those, which I was just like moving. I thought I dealt with them actually quite well up until that point. It was like, no, it's dealt with, pushed away, told people it's down a law, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Right. But really, truly, body wise, if you don't deal with those things, they will start to come about as we move into perimenopause in these years. And it can look really, really hard and it can turn into being really, really hard if we don't hold those pieces as well. It's so Absolutely. connected.
1: Oh my goodness, yes. Um I interviewed somebody a little while back and she referred to our womb space as the junk room where we stuff and hold and bottle all of these emotions mm-hmm. and that a lot of it will come up as we move through different phases of our life and 35 is one of those benchmarks where we start to see, you know, emotions are energy in motion. We start mm-hmm. to see these things Ma- met- masticize, right? Like they start becoming
0: compiling almost like doubling and doubling. and then and your pile's doubling again, right?
1: yeah. and the physical symptoms that spin out of this this attempt to try to lock things away,
0: it's like a perfectionism lock away. It's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. i'm I am. You know, people pleasing shows up, right? Like, I am loved. Everybody loves me. I help out everybody. I give gifts. I say yes. I do this. And it's again, overworking our bodies, putting on makeup, showing up like the perfect woman, the perfect wife, the perfect mom at all the PTA meetings, right? All of these masks, they start
1: compiling. And we forget and we lose that connection with our essence self Mm -hmm. as we go through this journey. So not only are we having this energetic shift that's happening at a biological level, but now we're also seeing this energetic piece that's really coming to the surface. And as we get closer to 40, this is where we really start to give less of a shit. Hello. Mm-hmm. Thank what God. Anybody Thank thinks. Goddess. <laughs> Thank Goddess. Yes. I know that as I've gotten towards my 40s, I'm just like, yep, there are some people worth my energy. There's some situations worth my energy. And there are some things that just don't serve me. And that's okay. I'm not going to be for everybody. And that's yeah. okay. And that and- comes with speaking our truth, creating
0: boundaries, which many of us. Don't know how to do. I was one of them up until that point. Like boundaries meant yelling and screaming. That's not quite a boundary. That somebody's crossed my boundary and I was reacting. Boundary is before that.
1: Where and I'll set it in place. And a lot of us struggle with that. Yeah, we're not taught how. Mm-hmm. And not being taught how is one of those things that shows up. So by the time we get to. 42, which is that next seven year transition after 35, where our yin starts to decline. And we start noticing our internal core temperature runs a little warmer. And we, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're starting to question some of the symptoms that are starting to show up. I'm getting headaches more. My cycle is irregular. Why all of a sudden are my clots as big as limes or golf balls? Like all that yeah. type of stuff is I started literally- migraines
0: around 42 with every brand new period.
1: Yep. Yep, and that's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the more we shy away from resolving some of these things that are laying under the surface, the more it amplifies these yes. physical things showing up. And there's this beautiful and and frustrating when people don't understand it relationship between the way that our body shows up and and the way that our emotional body affects all of these things because we really collectively haven't been taught to make decisions from an embodied place instead of just trying to please, whatever keeping up appearances thing is being demanded of us at that time Thank and you. you know as as emotive and intuitive beings like we really need time to check in with ourselves and respond in authentic ways to whatever it is that's coming at us. And, you know, unfortunately for a lot of us, our kids also reach that you're the mom taxi stage right mm-hmm. about the time we are hitting this hormonal transition, too. So, Reps, a lot- sports, hockey, <laughs> baseball, soccer, all of it. Three kids. Yeah, that's what I hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and I'm there. I'm, and living, it's not a really bad thing. It. <laughs> it actually was a wake
0: up call, right? It was a good wake up call because actually I've enjoyed my 40s fully, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a good wake up call. This is too much. This does not serve you.
1: Mm -hmm. And being able to structure your work, structure your life Mm -hmm. around what it is that you need and really starting to check in with the fact that filling your cup first, this is kind of like that airplane You know, the mask drops down, put your own mask on before you help others, kind of thing. And all I can't tell you how many women are like, oh no, I'll get the mask on my kid and then I'll get it on myself. Yeah, I've I've got got no time.
0: You don't know what I have to hold in a day. I got to keep going here.
1: Yeah. And that's generally a trauma
0: response and conditioning, trauma response from conditioning, right? Like all of and people pleasing and making sure you look good and making sure you're enough, good enough, all of these things.
1: But enough, according to whom?
0: Yes. This is the parts that we get to unpack, ladies. These are the parts that it's like, oh, wait, this is just what I've been told. This is what my mother said or my father said, or society says, or whatever it may be. So we get to unpack these parts and really find out what our body needs mm-hmm. all of all around, emotionally, physically. Supplementally, is that a yeah. word? It Just maybe made it a word. Uh, sexually, <laughs> all of these places, and I want to speak sexually here too, because a lot of women, there's so much shame and fear around getting older. And if I'm going into menopause, or the ten years before, that means I'm almost done my life, right? There's this, there's this, right? There's this societal conditioning that you know, young is best, and that is not. Allowed kind of thing, or it's not good. We discard kind of then, and it's not true. And I want to speak to libido for a second, because also a lot of women think their libido is going to disappear and that's it. And there's a both and there. The more stress you have, the more you're going to have your foot on your brake, which is your libido brake, and not be pressing your libido accelerator. And this comes from Emily Nagowski's book "Come As You Are." And when we reduce these stresses a lot, almost every single woman. Okay, not almost every single woman I work with, their libido is back, right? When they start to put their attention back on themselves, when they start to listen to their body, when they start to reduce some stress, when they start to create some boundaries, when they start, ew, I'm like mixing all of my letters together, when they start to um, really speak their truth and reclaim their power. And treat their body with respect. Their libido is back. And let me tell you, it is better than ever, like the best it's ever been, even better than a teenager because you're embodied and you're grounded and you have wisdom. And now you have turn on and libido and confidence. And ah, it's so fun. So, so fun. So don't let anybody tell you your libido disappears when it's gone forever once you hit this phase. It's just, an
1: indicator that something's wrong. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is in any phase of life, but particularly here, because yes. we are more susceptible. so stress always affects our system any way you look at it. Yes. But we are more sensitive to stress during this time frame. It's no different than teenagers coming into their bleeding years. So you know, you think about the angsty teenager with a super short fuse and this type of thing. Their hormones are gearing up for the sea of blood or the Chong Mai to fill so that the period can arrive. Well, the opposite is happening going in the other direction. The Chong Mai is beginning to dry up. We're having a similar kind of shift and response to stress. We're both very prone to liver chi stagnation, which is also a little difficult when you've got a you know, emotional, ragey teenager. And now you've got, uh, you know, perimenopausal. I have a very short fuse woman on the other end trying to deal with all of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if you haven't dealt with anger, if you see anger as a bad thing and you're not allowed to express anger and you don't have embodiment practices to release your anger, because if you're listening, you have anger. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but you have anger. We are allowed to be angry. There's many things we're allowed to be angry at, but it's stored in our liver, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we want to be able to release that in a safe, healthy way from our bodies, like emotionally release it. And then there's the supplemental and physical and all of that.
1: Absolutely. It's so, so important. Sacred rage is a thing. Yeah. It is totally yeah, yeah. a thing. And being able to, to, Look at it head on for what it is because we have social conditioning that tells us that it's acceptable for a woman to cry but not to be angry. Mm-hmm. God forbid. Right? right. Yeah.
0: So I've been using embodiment practices that I learned through Mama Gina and Layla Martin for the last, I don't know, since 2017. Right. So if I feel rage or if I'm feeling like I just need a clearing. This is what I teach my clients as well in private coaching is how to go to into an embodiment of your grief first, because sometimes it's easier to tap into grief, into your rage, into your fears, and then into your turn on. We always want to seal it up and close it up with our turn on because it's important to clear and release. But then we also want to celebrate and come back home to ourselves. It's such a powerful practice. I do it in the car. I do it in my bedroom. I've done it in a bathroom in a place when somebody's just being a bitch and I need to go to the bathroom and just kind of release some shit. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways that we can release it, but we want to release it and not keep it in our body because we're going to have more problems in perimenopause, right? Oh my goodness.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. And the thing is, is, you know, you were talking about how, you know, we favor youth in our culture. And I I wanted to kind of dovetail with that because um, in- Eastern culture they call it coming into second spring when mm-hmm. you're coming through this menopausal transition isn't that beautiful i love that and it is and it doesn't have to be the crone it can be like mm-hmm. the priestess
0: i like the high priestess we've talked a few episodes maybe about a year ago um about coming into that yes wise woman but why is woman priestess time mm-hmm. where embodied and sexy and wise and just so mm, sensual. I just love that energy. Magnetic. That whole being. And there's nothing also wrong with Crone except you know we have put Crone in fairy tales as being the old haggard old witch and it's not true. Mm-hmm. Not true, but
1: yeah, there's a lot of power in this stage. Yeah, because you've lived your life, you've had experiences, you know what serves you and what doesn't. You have a stronger sense of Center Mm -hmm. and who you are and what you want, and you're less shy about vocalizing what you want in your life, in the bedroom, and every aspect of your life. Yeah. And you get the truest expression of who you are. It's a beautiful phase to step into with immense amounts of power in a multitude of ways. Totally agree. If we look at it as the honor that it is instead of demonizing it as the undesirable because you know I there have been like side by side pictures um that I've seen on Facebook of of you know like Julia Roberts at 33 Julia Roberts as she is now and I'm like I'm sorry but I think she's more radiant now I agree and and do you not notice also that's just you know,
0: media trying again shove the same shit down our throats, of course. Um, but don't you also maybe not agree, but do you also see and I see because clients coming to me where you're talking about this trust and this honoring and this confidence, I think a lot of the people who are coming to me, They kind of have little glimpses of it, but they're not sure they can trust it because they haven't trusted it for so long. So that they're like, are you sure I can act this way? Are you sure it's okay for me to feel sexy in my body? Are you sure it's okay for me to feel confident? Isn't that cocky? Aren't I being cocky? Aren't I being too much?
1: Oh, too much. That's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite topics to unpack because- Let's unpack it.
0: Ah, oh, too much according to whom? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we're but that conditioning,
0: like if we're feeling that, I remember feeling it. If you, I don't know if you did, totally. it feels like you can't get out of it. Like there's that, it feels so scary to even look at the too much. It feels safer to go, No, I'm too much. I'm asking for too much. I want too much. There's something wrong with me.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's safer. And we've been taught and conditioned to play the good girl, to be demure, to put everyone else ahead of ourselves, that those are the things that make us valuable. And yet they don't. <laughs> they <laughs> they steal our power. They They steal our light. Because mm. when you're a woman in your power, you are turned on you're connected to your creative energy. You know how to make decisions from an embodied place. And as I say that, that's a really foreign concept to some people. And I feel like women, as they get into this perimenopausal, menopausal transition zone in their life, they realize that there is a lot of shit from their twenties that they wish they left, th- that they want to leave there, that they wish they mm-hmm. hadn't done, attempted, whatever. Um, and thirties are kind of that transition zone into like, okay, you know, I still have some of the old stuff from back then, but I think I want to move in a different direction, but I don't know what that looks like. And but then we by can't,
0: the- if not, if we don't look at that other stuff, right? Exactly. And we're also taught if it wasn't our parents, it was our grandparents to sweep that shit under the rug. So we were taught mm-hmm. that we were modeled that at this age, by that, you know, my parents, for sure, a little bit, I can see a little bit, it's a little less than my grandparents, but grandparents, you put that shit away. We don't talk about it. You don't air your family business. I still hear that even for some of my husband's family, like cousins and stuff. So they're in their forties, fifties, and mm-hmm. I still hear it. So it's like 50, 50 on your age. Around the 40s and 50s, if you're going to say that we don't air our family laundry per se or our personal laundry.
1: Yeah, well, and look at all the health issues. Yeah. Like I look at my, my grandparents on both sides and so many of them died of cancer. Yeah. It's toxic
0: yeah. energies that we're holding in our body. Yeah. It's toxic emotions.
1: So I had a ton of back
0: pain, like a ton of back pain. My thyroid went out. This is all pre-kind of coming into my power per se, like doing my work finally at 40. Ton of back pain, ton of um, hormone issues. Like there's still a little bit there here and there, but they're clearing up a little bit more every single month, kind of thing. Cause I'm still cleaning up pieces, right? But they're um a lot of pain, a lot of issues in there and autoimmune, right? That's really common when, what else do you see happening? People are holding stuff.
1: Pain is a big one. Clots are a big one. Mm -hmm. A lot of clots, Um, a lot of headaches. Yeah. Headaches. Because again, emotions are energy and motion. You're literally trying to put energy in a bottle and put a lid on it and expect the lid to not pop off. So the lid is
0: starting to pop when you're getting these headaches. Yes. I
1: love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people, um, that bottling is so intense that they actually strain their ability to hold back the floodgates. So Mm -hmm. I see a lot of women in their early 40s who are experiencing these flash flood periods. Mm -hmm. And as we talk, I mean, yes, we go and we look at the physical symptoms that they're experiencing, but as we talk and we start pulling back these layers, what's underneath is usually someone who's experienced a lot of hurt or experiencing a lot of shame or doesn't feel like they have a voice. I see people who don't feel like they have a voice have fibroids a lot. Mm. And, you know, these are ways that our body is like, listen, girl, I can only bottle to a point (laughs) and then it's got to come out somewhere. Go somewhere. Exactly. And the leak the quote unquote leak will show up in those types of really painful and undesirable symptoms.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I've told you this. I don't even know if I've said it on my podcast, but I was like sexually assaulted by my stepfather, which I've shared that part. Um, But part of it was I woke up with him on my left breast. And so going into like mouth on breast, it was not lovely. Um, And I only share that because going into having babies uh, you know, 10 years later, um, I kept getting mastitis on my left breast. Yeah. Like, holy fucking brilliant. My body was like, you haven't dealt with this. You haven't dealt with this. You haven't dealt with this. And I saw experts. It was Dr. Newman, um, breastfeeding expert, um, from around the world. And I saw him at sick kids hospital in Toronto a couple of times. And he's like, there's no reason for you to be getting mastitis. You're doing everything right. Your latch is right. The milk is coming out. Like he checked it all. Um, but my body was like giving me signals along the way.
1: Our bodies are brilliant. Brilliant. Our bodies are so brilliant. I had a colleague a while back that referred to them as the movie projector of our life. Mm. And it's so true. Like you see everything that you've experienced in your life will show up in different ways in your body. And yeah, you get to different points in the spiral as you address things and you move through things. And sometimes things that you think are resolved aren't really resolved. Just Mm -hmm. like you were saying, I've dealt with it. It's there. I've compartmentalized it. I've moved on. Literally. That's like a stiff upper lip. That's like, just like,
0: (laughs) put it away. Don't talk about it. I'm fine. If you're still saying that, it's not resolved.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I'm guilty of the same thing. Um, And it's really funny and very timely that we're having this conversation because uh, two or three days ago, I reconnected with my childhood best friend who there had been a huge blowout um, and uh, around a difficult set of circumstances when we were in our very, very early 20s. And I thought I had dealt with it. I'm like, nope, I've dealt with it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, even though she was literally like a sister to me and I feel like I lost my appendage, like it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. Well, she came back into my life and essentially apologized for what happened. And the ugly cry that ripped out of my system, mm-hmm. I was not at all prepared for. <laughs> and sounds like an inner child protector piece that was just like, oh, I am loved. Yeah. And it was so moving. And I also had this, you know, as the practitioner, I had this out of body moment going, wow, I thought I had dealt with this, I guess, I still needed a piece to be resolved in this loop. And it's really cool when
0: our brains can see both sides, huh?
1: As it the coach, is.
0: you're like, oh, wow, I'm having a nervous system response right now. My inner <laughs> child is freaking out. Wah, let me hold her and let me yeah. watch because this is really cool.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. Both hand. yeah, totally. And
0: speaking to that, though, like trauma doesn't go away. We don't resolve it and it's done. It is simply um, we integrate it and we hold it and different things are going to bring it back up again. So stressful situations a family member that, you know, gives you shit or comes out at you kind of thing or attacks you or different things that remind you of someone. They can just bring it up again and your inner child just kind of reacts. But what I teach my clients to do is how to hold those inner child pieces and to hold themselves and then learn how to re-regulate. And it might take only 20 minutes, might take five, it might take a couple hours depending on the event. But our trauma doesn't actually disappear. Mm -hmm. It just integrates. So it totally makes sense that another piece was just like coming back home into your body, healing that piece with your friend. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. Totally okay.
1: But it just goes to show though, and I use that as an example of how often Mm-hmm. We're like, nope, I've built a bridge. I've gotten over it. It's totally fine. We do this with all kinds of things in our life, relationships that don't work, jobs that we thought we were going to get and got passed over for the promotion, relationships that, you know, uh, have manifested themselves in very different ways than we originally had anticipated or intended. You know, there's grief, there's frustration, there's anger, there's so many emotions that are wrapped up in all of these things and their energy that needs a healthy place to go.
0: Yeah, I allow myself to release those emotions at least two or three times a week on a regular practice. Mm -hmm. right? It can come into a breathwork practice. It can come into an embodiment practice. It can come into a spring clean practice. It can come into a sacred pleasure practice because that's the beauty of sacred pleasure. When you're in the middle of a jade egg practice or any other sacred pleasure practice, You're always feeling into your felt sense. And while you're pleasuring and while you're playing with whatever tools you're playing with, moving your energy, moving your breath, moving your sound, if your body all of a sudden wants to scream or cry, even in orgasm, you allow it. And when you allow it, all of a sudden you turn into laughter and joy, and you're moving this through the same for Mm de-armoring. When you're de-armoring vulva, lower belly, brass throat, like you're releasing these emotions. And sometimes you don't even know what you're releasing at that moment, but that's Mm -hmm. the point. You don't need to know what you're releasing. Mm -hmm. Very, very important to allow this type of embodiment and release to be part of your regular life in some way.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's one of the things I talk to my clients a lot about with pelvic steaming Mm-hmm. is, you know, take a journal in with you, you, you'll have emotions come up, you might not know why you might not know what they're telling you. But just write down anything that comes up colors, images, words, you know, it and it will make sense eventually. But sometimes the body is just looking for ways to in, in our periods are a way to release what no longer serves us. Mm mm-hmm. So sometimes the brown blood that we see with our periods, you know, yes, it can be a sign of imbalance, but it could be a sign of a release of old things.
0: Mm. And that reminds me, I want to talk about the cod liver oil packs, because you are using them. You've been doing stuff on, on Instagram. I'm like, tag me when you do another one. You just tagged me, I think, two days ago. I did. What, what do you use those for? Can you tell our, our audience like what you're using, how you make them, how to create them, how they can create their own and what it does?
1: Yeah. Castor oil is like magic. Um, Do I say castor oil, by the way? I think you said cod liver oil. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. I'm like, I think I said something else. (laughs) Castor oil. Castor oil. Uh, Cod liver oil is amazing too. However, that one I wouldn't do in a pack. I think that's Um, why
0: I'm avoiding it. I I drank castor oil uh, to uh, induce my second pregnancy and I don't want to go near the shit again. So help me.
1: (laughs) This is external only. So (laughs) The smell though. The smell, smell. Yeah. And by the
0: way, it did bring all my labor. I had a few hours later, um, <laughs> but the smell,
1: I don't want to ever smell that again. So help <laughs> me. Um, I love using them for different phases of the, of the cycle to support different functions. So um, in the first part of the cycle, um, so from day one of the bleed through um, ovulation, it's great to use them over the liver it helps your liver to detox and process. Um, It helps your sleep. Uh, When you're able to sleep well and uh, support the overall function in the follicular phase, it sets you up for healthy performance in the uh, luteal phase of your cycle. And then from ovulation to the end, I often will use it as a pelvic pack. So putting it over the lower abdomen, it's fabulous when people have cysts, fibroids, uh, issues with clots, endometriosis. You know, if you get belly bloating before your period, a lot of times late luteal phase, like day five through the time the bleed returns, is where people are most symptomatic. Yeah. It will help with all of those undesirable symptoms that people get. I oftentimes will also recommend it to people, like if they're trying to conceive, um, in addition to, you know, people who are struggling with the way that their period is performing, it's a really easy way to do it. Di- and it balances a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: cool. And, and is that the same as perimenopause bloat, like just like look like pregnant kind of bloat?
1: It does help with that. Yes. Okay. Um, Castor oil has this way of like breaking things apart and breaking things up. So like if somebody has had cesareans, it's Mm -hmm. great for the cesarean scar and any um, scar tissue that you might have. Or if you just had abdominal surgery, for example, maybe appendectomy or something of that nature, Um, anywhere that you've had surgery and there's a potential for scar tissue, a castor oil pack is a really great way to to support essentially the dissolving and the yeah. breaking apart of that scar tissue. So
0: you're, let me get this right. So you're doing liver, which is your just under your rib cage on your right side mm-hmm. uh, from first day of period to ovulation-ish, Obulation. right? Which is you know anywhere between... Well, shit, you never know. I ovulated on day 32 with my first child getting pregnant. So uh, you never know. But if you know where your ovulation is, ish, you can track that into there. Yeah. And then you're putting it lower abdomen from ovulation till day one of your period again. Yep. Is that right? But yes. one time you had it on your thyroid, on your neck. I did. What was that um, for?
1: <laughs> it, can, it can support healthy thyroid function. Okay. Yeah. And what, what time of the month do you do that? Or does it matter? I do that on and off, whenever I remember, on and off throughout the month. Um, It's one of those things where if you have an opportunity to wear it for like an hour, that's great. If um, the thyroid one, I wouldn't wear overnight, but the ones on your abdomen, you can wear overnight.
0: That was Um, the next
1: question. Yep. Uh, I I tend to find that it's easier that way. I'll just put it on. Now, caveat, if you're doing a DIY pack, uh, the castor oil is sticky and it stains. So, okay. yeah, so I tend to like using the Queen of the Thrones packs. Um, okay, thank you. That was my next question. Where do I get the packs from? Queen of I, Thrones? Love yeah. it. Yeah, Queen of the Thrones. Yep, she um she has a really great product um, and it makes doing castor oil packs a lot easier it, because there's less mess. There's like a barrier on the outside and the way that they do the stitching around the, the outer edge you know, I haven't had any issues with, you know, stains on my sheets or anything like that, which is really great. So, you know, I'll put it on before I go to bed and I'll sleep with it on. So I'll get a lot of benefit, a longer term benefit. But, you know, if you're not able to do something like that, or you feel too hot, because sometimes in this perimenopausal menopausal mm-hmm. transition stage, everything is just too hot. In the summer, um, I need a fan on plus the air conditioning, but only in the
0: summer. <laughs> And I only need it on my legs. Like I need behind my knees. Cool. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. The rest of me is fine then. (laughs) Um, So like if it's too hot to wear something like that, wearing it for an hour is going to give you great benefits. So sometimes like if I forget to do it or I'm too tired to set myself up before I go to bed, I'll, you know, wear a looser fitting shirt and I'll put it on while I'm sitting and working with clients and then I'll just take it off and whatever. So the the Queen of the Thrones packs make it really really easy to yeah. integrate it into not feeling like a super laborious thing cuz like when you do it DIY, you can totally do it that way and it's, you know, all you need is flannel and some plastic. I don't want DIY. Bark. I want the queen of the Thrones pack. <laughs> and
0: is it reusable these facts or. Yes. Okay. So you just order the ones. Do you order one set or two sets? Cause the belly one looked bigger than the liver one.
1: It is. Okay. Um, so you order two. Yep. Um, and or then there's three. one, there's one for the thyroid and, okay. um, she has a whole selection of them on her website. I have a link in my bio, um, on Instagram, so it's pretty easy to find, but, okay. um, she has a whole catalog. Cause like you can use castor oil in your hair to help with hair growth. Uh, mm. so if people have thinning hair, male or female doesn't matter, you can do that. If your hair is on the thinner side, you can put some in at the roots and she's got a a, like it looks almost like a towel that like uh winds around your head and buttons in the back so that you don't you can sleep with it on and yeah. not get it anywhere. Um she's got cool. dry brushes a whole bunch of stuff so all so of it helps with lymphatics.
0: That's so cool. Do you, and I do lymphatic work. I'm trained in, in that as well but my own work everyday kind of thing it's great. Uh, and I do lever pumping as well, which also spleen pumping you can do both. There's a whole pile we can play with there because there's like pretty well our belly, our abdomen has like everything we need to help us, right? Like everything we could need to heal, to thrive, all of these things. So doing this work, lymphatic work on your belly is so powerful. So another option that is a little easier, not as uh paying attention to it, actually pumping liver and spleen, but just putting on a pack sounds so cool. So do you does she sell castor oil too, or you just get organic mm-hmm. castor oil at your normal store? Does it really matter where you get your castor oil as long as it's organic?
1: Uh organic and I would say light block bottle in order to preserve ah, all of yes. its active properties. Yep. So she does cool. sell it um, and it comes in a brown glass bottle, but you can get it locally um, as long as it's in a light block bottle and it's organic.
0: Which is those uh, dark glass bottles mm-hmm. or something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that it's not uh, being exposed by light. That's so cool. I had another question. Do I have anything else in there? Uh, so you sleep with them, you put them on. Sounds good. I'm gonna order myself a set. Why not? Um, and anything to help me with the smell, what do I do? Put some lavender oil on it, <laughs> essential oil. Like, <laughs> what can I do? The smell's gonna gag me. And
1: do you smell it? I don't, honestly. Okay. Um, because you're you're putting a small like order size, maybe slight half dollar size amount on the pad, and then you kind of like Uh, fold the pad against itself so that it spreads the castor oil out because you don't want it to get into the seams around the outside edge and you just put it on. And so it doesn't, a little bit goes a really long way.
0: Oh, cool. Well, I might be dropping a few drops of essential oil on there. We will <laughs> see. Maybe I got to put some thieves on or something that's really strong. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But I will make sure I do not smell the castor oil. That is so cool. What other tips do you have for helping women that are just so powerful through this phase? Just really support their bodies and their systems.
1: A lot of it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before in terms of mindfulness practices. I mean, I'm always a big fan of pelvic steaming. It's not only going to help you from a physical standpoint, um, but it's also going to help you from a giving yourself a break standpoint, because, you know, a lot of my clients will use it as a way to take a mini vacation from everything that's going on around them for the time that they are steaming. And that's really important. And sometimes you, I, I find with my clients, sometimes you just need an ex, "quote unquote" excuse to steal away and take a few minutes for yourself. And a lot of people can justify, like, "Oh, well, this is a therapeutic tool, so I could justify this time for myself." That's why I love the jade egg.
0: There's mm-hmm. some permission there of I'm going to do a cha- jade egg practice that feels so much easier than I'm going to go self-pleasure right now <laughs> <laughs> or do a self-pleasure <laughs> practice. There's something with the jade egg that gives permission yeah. for people who are starting and are like,
1: e- I don't know. Yeah, yeah I totally
0: absolutely. get that.
1: Well, and, you know, it's it goes back to that permission piece, though like yeah. i need permission to care for myself and
0: and we don't but it it can be what we need in the beginning to get over the hump of feeling guilty
1: yes absolutely yeah. it's the it's the first step in the process honestly yeah. um but really i find that being intentional with the way that you're moving through the world has profound impacts on your cycles mm-hmm. so you know mindfulness practices that could be something as much as a gentle walk on your lunch break get outside in nature breathe some fresh air if you're not in an area that you can do something like that maybe you take a few laps around the yeah. the floor at work or walk whatever some stairs yeah. mm-hmm. find a place yeah. you can put legs up the wall you know so it's going to be like the same
0: that. with creating boundaries right C- mm-hmm. saying no mm-hmm Right. Those kind of things, the way you show up in the world, speaking your truth, those okay. little things go a long way.
1: Oh, 100%. They're not little. <laughs> well, because managing stress is so critical at this stage, liver cheese yeah. stagnation causes a whole bunch of problems and wreaks a lot of havoc in the system. And, you know, being able to find ways where we can give ourselves punctuated breaks is really important. Getting in things like bone broth. It's really important because it smells gross though, huh? <laughs> well, you I got some to... and I was like, ew. <laughs> well, some people like I, I suggest that and they go, I'm vegetarian, no freaking way. Um, and that's okay. And I respect I respect that, but there is a lot of blood building properties in bone broth. So maybe you're hiding it in your rice. You cook instead mm. of using water, cook it in the bone broth. Instead of using a vegetable broth, use a bone broth. Instead of That's using a stock, idea. use a bone broth. Um, there's lots and lots of ways that you can kind of fudge it and get it into you know where you would normally use water, use bone broth instead to be able to assimilate these properties into your system. But As we get into this stage, the sea of blood is drying up. So, using something like bone broth, like goji berries, like jujubes, you know, those are going to help nourish our body in the right ways because a lot of times we think, oh, I'm going to drink water and wait. I'm going to drink water and, oh, I'm still drinking water and I'm so thirsty still. Why is that? And it's because your body isn't getting the things that tell it, oh, you need to hold on to this water now.
0: Yeah. You need to put something in your water, even a couple drops of lemon juice. I actually put in um, drops. What is it? Mineral drops. I forget what they are. They're black. Fulvic acid. Fulvic?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: Yeah. Fulvic, am I saying it right? Yeah. I've been doing it for over a year, but two or three drops go into every single bottle I fill up at the sink.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it sits there. It makes a huge difference. And then Mm -hmm. you're drinking water, but you're drinking an appropriate amount of water. So then you're not bloating because your body's not transforming the water or you're not running to the bathroom every five minutes because you, and you feel like you have a thimble size bladder when in fact, it's just, you're drinking a lot and it's going straight through you. Yeah. Yeah. So you need it so your cells can recognize it and then absorb
0: it. So something, you could put fruit in your water, you can put anything in it. The fulvic acid is really, really really good. I remember studying that in my lymphatic system course. So I just started and that's it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's great. I I bring the fulvic acid into my experience on the regular as well. And I can tell the difference on the days that I remember and the days that I forget (laughs) because the days that I forget, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm on my third bottle of water already. And oh, wow. Oh, no. I never forget. I
0: leave it at the bar <laughs> sink, and there's only one sink that we fill up with water in the, ten- in the house because there's no uh, salt in it, right? It's like a hard water tap. So yeah. I leave it sitting there on the counter and I put a couple drops in every single time.
1: Yeah. Try that's it. a good work. Absolutely. Uh, lemon juice. You made a great point yeah. with that. Lemon juice is okay. a good one. Um, bringing in sea something salt. Like-
0: yeah. Works just a little, but I find it goes salty qu- really quick. But you could just put like a little wee dash of salt in your water. You too can, salty in your water.
1: You can put that into the bone broth too. Yeah, to to help yeah. with the absorbency as well. Um, uh, tart cherry juice is mm. a great one because it's red. It's going to help with blood, but it has the tart quality. So things that are sour are astringent and help mm. to hold. This is why a lot of Chinese medicine blends have chassandra berry in it because it it's astringent and it helps the mm-hmm. body to hold fluids. So. Little tiny things like that, making sure you're staying hydrated, getting things that help make it usable in the system instead of go straight through you, Um, managing your stress. And another really, really critical one is sleep. Yes. Women need one to two hours more sleep than their male counterparts. I Uh, need
0: eight hours a night. Like I can get away with seven, but on the average, I need
1: eight and a half, nine. And I know it. Yeah. And that's not uncommon. And as we get into this phase, it becomes even more pronounced because we make over 30% of our hormones in our adrenals, which is very different than men, for example, where about 3% of their hormones come from their adrenals and the rest Mm -hmm. come from their testicles. So, you know, we are very susceptible to fluctuations in the way our hormones are showing up for us. If we are not getting appropriate amounts of sleep and restful yeah. sleep. And during this phase of life, falling asleep and definitely staying asleep, start becoming a challenge because yeah. you hit that liver window between one and three in the morning and you get hot and you wake up and, 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 mm kick off the covers and it just, and then you float on the surface of your sleep instead of getting that deep restful sleep. Which so, need. Oh my goodness. And the yeah. difference, that same eight hours though, will show up completely different in your system if you're going to bed between nine and 10 versus going to bed at midnight. Mm-hmm. You'll wake up a with of a clearer questions. head.
0: Yes, I totally agree. So maybe I should do the sleep one first. Uh, first, I'm going to do the adrenals, but also in the perimenopausal phase here. Um, this is where we start to get our libido and our hormones from our adrenals. That's why we're talking about sporting the adrenals versus less from the ovaries as we transition kind of thing. Question. So sleep, is it bad to use things to help you sleep sometimes? Uh, sometimes THC, sometimes, you know, whatever it may be, is that going to ruin our sleep? What is your thoughts on that?
1: I don't think it's going to ruin your sleep per se. Um, CBD is really great for helping the sleep pattern. Um, Minor
0: 50-50.
1: If I can't sleep,
0: if I'm not asleep by midnight, I'll take a quick caramel CBD THC. And then I'm like out cold. Um, So I know I'm out cold and I'm having a great sleep, but is that affecting my eight hours? Is it true sleep?
1: It it, it does affect the way that sleep appears. Yes because you have something that's affect- affecting your neurotransmitters. Yes, um, it's helping me. <laughs> falling asleep is a heart blood deficiency and this mm-hmm. is the season of the heart right now. So uh supporting yourself with red foods, sometimes just two or three longan berries before you go to bed is enough to help with the going to sleep part. What are those uh, longan berries? L O N G A N. Um they are Used quite often, actually, in Chinese medicine, but they nourish heart blood. Hmm. And it yeah, doesn't and all take all the a tips lot. today.
0: <laughs> I was also going to ask about go- goji berries. Is that what you called them, goji berries? I don't know what goji they berries. are either.
1: Yep. I've heard about it, though. Goji juice, I think. Yep. Uh, G-O-J-I, uh, goji yep. berries. Um, they, they're they easy to stick in all kinds of things. I, I throw them in soups. I throw them in... Um, Oatmeal, I like them in oatmeal quite a lot. Um, are they dried then, or are they fresh? Uh, you can get both. Although I find in the northern hemisphere where I'm, I am, I find them a little more easily dry. Um, okay. But I have clients in the southern part because um, I'm in the United States. I have clients in the southern part of the United States that actually get them at a fresh market. So either cool. way, very beneficial. So health food store most of the time for these kind of things. Yep, absolutely. And
0: goji berries help with uh, just refueling the uterine lining, I'm guessing, the red blood cells.
1: Yep. They're going to help with heart blood. They're going to help you hold on to your yin. So they're going to be one Mm -hmm. of the things that's going to help you properly utilize the fluids that you're taking in. Um, They are, they're restorative in a lot of ways. Love it. Love it.
0: My other question was, you mentioned pelvic steaming, which sometimes referred to as yoni steaming. I've done for a while. Where do you get your
1: herbs from? Or do you make them up yourself? I mix herbs for my clients. Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just for your clients? Or can we go on your website and get mixed herbs? Or do we have a consult and then you decide what you're mixing? What do you do?
1: Uh, So usually what I do is um, I, I personally mix them for my clients. i customize them based on what it is that the individual body needs. They are on my website, but whenever people come through that are names that I don't recognize, I always reach out to them before I fill the order. And I ask them because sometimes people know what it is that they need, but but a lot of times they don't. Um, and I don't believe that one size fits all. So I will reach out and offer a consultation to make sure that whatever it is that they're ordering is going to fit their needs the best. Mm -hmm. um, Because there's a lot of generic blends out there from, you know, people that aren't professionally trained and, and have formulation knowledge. And so this way, you know, you're getting something that's going to serve exactly what's going on in your system the best way possible.
0: Cool, cool. You will be who I'll be ordering from here on out. That's so awesome. But yeah, because I do love it. And it's such a a beautiful practice. I I, maybe this is wrong, but intuitively it felt right. I actually take a sieve up to my bathroom when I do a yoni steam. Mm -hmm. And when I'm done the yoni steam, I normally get in the bath and I actually pour the water then into my bathtub. Uh, But I I sieve out all the chunks of herbs floating around because I did that once the wrong way and they were starting to go down the drain. I had to start collecting them all. That was not good. So yeah, I throw (laughs) it in my bath. Normally I do like a double thing and, and just put it in the bath and just kind of soak in it for a while and it feels really nourishing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That you can absolutely do that. I'll tell people who um, have active infections that they can soak in the steam liquid um, so to help with overall infections and, and things like that. But yeah, I actually bag everything in little tea bags for my clients. It takes a little bit more time, but it is totally worth it for that whole drain situation.
0: Oh, my gosh. I won't (laughs) need a sieve anymore. I'll just pull out a tea bag. Yep. Oh, yay. Okay. Totally need to set that up and get those. That is brilliant. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm used to loose leaf, right? And I simmer it and do the thing. And Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Cool. I love that. This has been amazing. We have shared so much to help women really go through this stage and feel empowered, feel embodied, feel healthy, feel regulated and nourished and balanced and any other words throw out there but like just so whole.
1: Yeah, it it's a time frame where you you're sitting on the precipice of incredible sovereignty. Mm-hmm. If we just know that that's what it is, instead of feeling uncomfortable and angry and frustrated in our systems and feeling very hopeless. Exhausted. Because we're not sure why. Yeah. They don't have to. We don't have to. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Any last words? For our listeners, any last words or anything else coming up that you're like, oh, wait, we got to talk about this.
1: (laughs) There's always things that we can talk about. I I love chatting with you. Um, I think that my final parting words are going to be like this. Perimenopause and menopause do not have to be this dreaded, scary undertaking. You are stepping into a new, beautiful, exciting phase of your life where before you were home in hearth and you were very focused on doing all the things for everybody else. And part of this energetic transition as, as you're going through this physical change is as your creative energy is, is no longer focused on generating new life, you begin to be able to generate a new life for yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. new purpose new career you
1: decide up to you absolutely and so this is such a magical moment in a woman's life and it's a matter of reframing and re-envisioning what the stage can look like instead of being this dreaded thing that you see in memes with Gladys laying on the front steps and her hot flash melting the ice, right? It it doesn't have to be that. That is a dysregulated system. Mm. This can be this unfolding and literally a new blooming and blossoming of your energy and the way that you move through the world and the way that you take on your life with the right support and bringing your body into right relationship.
0: I absolutely love that. I could not have said that better. Yes, 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 yes. I want every woman on the planet to have that.
1: Me too. Me too
0: because we've mentioned your website and we're going to put the links in the show notes and Instagram. Can you just drop your links here? If people are quickly listening and want to find you really quick.
1: Yes, absolutely. You can find me at moonessence.life. I am on Instagram and other social spaces at Moon M as in Mary, E as in Edward. And I have a podcast myself called Reproductive Rebel, um, that I talk about a lot of these things from more of a physical standpoint, um, how your body's working, why it's not working, the way you're hoping it's going to work. So feel free to check out some of the information that is housed there. And I've got classes. So one of I have a class called Coming into Second Spring, actually, that speaks exactly to, 30. I would say it's geared for people 34 through, or uh, I would say 50. Um, and it talks about all of the different transitions that you go through during those time frames. So I offer that as a resource, as well as you're navigating this transition in your life.
0: Love, love, love. So, so good. And I'm sure if you want to reach out and get some custom Yoni steams or some support from Adrian. Uh, or even some support and emotional release and things like that from me, whatever it may be, we'll drop all the links in the show notes. And yeah, let's make this phase the best phase of your life where, yeah, it just gets to be so, so fun. So thank you so much for coming on the show again. I love connecting with you.
1: As I you, my friend, thank you so much for having me and we'll have to do this again absolutely, absolutely. Till next time, everyone.
0: If you are loving this podcast and you love the tips that I'm sharing and it feels aligned, but you're just not quite sure where to start, What is the best route for you to take right now? I would love to connect with you. I'm offering free consultations to anybody who would like to learn more, see which of my programs best suits them, maybe discuss private coaching. We don't have to, but what we'll do is we'll start to dive into what you desire, what you're struggling with, what is going on for you right now. And if there's time, I'll take you through a little embodiment practice to help solidify your desires deep in your body right now. And if you want to ask more questions about what is the next best step for you and what will help you with your unique issues and desires and goals, I would love to connect. So hop on a call. I'm going to drop the link in the show notes and let's talk about you and see if it feels aligned to work together. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you got a juicy nugget or two, scroll down on whatever app you're listening to and leave a five-star rating and review. I invite you to follow me, join the conversation, the weekly lives, and a lot of other amazing free content in my private Facebook group, Let's Get Your Sexy Back. You can also friend me personally on Facebook, Kim Coffin, and follow me on Instagram at Get Your Sexy Back Coach. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, don't be shy, reach out. I'd love to connect with you. Thank you.